The political right wants voter ID. The political left doesn't. Being nonpartisan, I don't want voter fraud, and I don't want voter ID, so perhaps this whole thing is a distraction, a red herring, and there is a much better, easier, simpler way to go about it. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. When the political right says they want voter ID, what they're really saying is we don't want voter election fraud, which I think everyone would agree with. And in the same breath, I think it's important to say what they're not indicating. I don't believe people on the political right, when they talk about voter ID laws, they're intending that grandma who moves a half a mile down the road and didn't realize her polling place changed should get in some sort of criminal problem or should not be allowed to vote because she was confused or misunderstood or just didn't have the necessary information. That's not the goal of the right. They're trying to stop election fraud, most specifically fraud by individual voters. Before I get to my, what I consider to be a better suggestion than everyone in America who wants to go vote has to have government ID, before I get there, a little bit of foundation. First of all, every single person who registers to vote must show in one form or another, it's not just one form, various different ways, but they must show that they are eligible to vote. So the point being, when they register, they're already meeting the standard of showing the county in which they have residency that they are entitled to vote. So I think we need to start there, that everyone whose name is on the voter rolls has, at some point, done that. I also want to mention that if you go to a polling place and claim to be somebody other than you are, without regard to an ID requirement, if you go to a polling place and attempt to vote as somebody that you are not, that is a crime in every state of the union. If you go to multiple polling places and try and vote more than once, that is a violation of criminal law in every state in the union. I think it's also important to acknowledge that those people who are on the far, far, far right and believe that anybody who disagrees with them, hates America, hates their God, hates their man-God, Donald Trump, blah, 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 and that anyone who disagrees with them, anyone who disagrees with them, is more than willing to commit a crime to get their guy in office. When, in fact, when you talk to investigators, criminal investigators and attorneys who work with voter integrity issues and they try and track down uh, people who've committed election fraud, the number of people who have done that historically is infinitesimally small. So I think it's important to define the scope of the problem, and also to define, as I just did, the fact that people who are on the far right, they have a very unrealistic perspective of what people who disagree with them feel, what they're about, what they're willing to do. So when we hear people on the far right screaming, they're going to steal every election, we have to understand they're not really viewing this factually or rationally. With all that said, do I want anyone to go to a polling place and commit fraud? No, I don't. However, I'm also not a fan of the ever-growing police state in America. 
you know, I would think since people on the hard right tend to be these days sort of anti-establishment, you go back 40, 50 years ago, it was the left that was anti-establishment. Today, it's these people who are far right who are anti-establishment. So you would think that if they're anti-establishment, they would not support the growth of the police state. But they do whenever it serves their emotional purpose. In my case, I never support the growth of the police state. There is no justification. There is nothing I can think of that would cause me to ever support the growth of the police state. I see requiring every single person who wants to exercise the political right to vote to have government identification and show it at the polling place. I consider that just one more straw on the camel's back concerning a police state. So I don't want that. But I also don't want anyone to commit election fraud when they walk into the polling place. So... Do I have a solution? I believe I do. Normally, vote fraud is not considered a serious crime, and jurisdictions rarely have jail time for it. Even if it's on the books to have jail time, it's rare for a defendant to actually get jail time. Usually, the investigators have sufficient evidence, and the uh, suspect pleads guilty and gets a slap on the wrist, gets a couple years probation, whatever. Okay, So it's not punished very firmly. I think if we want to address the problem, and again, I want to be very, very clear, this is a tiny, 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 tiny problem for which having everybody have to have government ID is just like dramatic overkill. However, I would support changing the laws in all 50 states so that somebody who commits an intentional, that's key word because we don't want grandma who made some sort of human error put away in jail for years, if, if investigators can show that the person intentionally committed vote fraud, like voting under a name that is not their own, uh, going to multiple polling places, attempting to vote more than once, and so forth. Okay, So if they can show intent, I would support a mandatory 10-year prison sentence without early release. And here's why. Because people may like reference the Eighth Amendment, and they're like, okay, so this wouldn't seem proportional to the crime, right? So If I robbed a liquor store and I didn't do anything heinous, maybe just like had my hand in my pocket and said, I have a gun, give me your money. Uh, You know, I might get a year, year and a half, something like that in prison. However, there's one victim, and I'm just aggrandizing myself, which is entirely different than election fraud. Election fraud, every single person that votes, so... In some jurisdictions, that's thousands. In other jurisdictions, that's tens of millions. The person who commits election fraud is trying to disenfranchise every single one of those people. So to me, trying to commit vote fraud, let's say there's a million people that voted in a particular jurisdiction in a county, okay? So somebody committing vote fraud there, what they're really trying to do is they're really trying to disenfranchise, they're trying to harm, in a legal sense, a million people. So that the penalty for trying to harm a million people's political rights should not be the same as me harming one liquor store, right? So I don't think the Eighth Amendment bars this kind of punishment. And the reason I think it it should be this stiff is to settle the question of whether it's going on or how much it's going on. Because right now, realistically, again, when you talk to prosecutors, you talk to attorneys who deal with voting integrity issues, you talk to investigators, they'll tell you it virtually never happens, right? But you're never going to convince people on the hard right that that's true. They believe they're losing elections because everyone who disagrees with them is cheating, okay? 
So we need to settle the question, and I think this is a great way to do it without building the police state. You say, if you commit vote fraud, and if the investigator, you do it in such a way that investigators can show intent, you are going to give up 10 years of your life because you tried to disenfranchise all of these people. And that will settle the question about whether it's going on, because I think even, even, even the people who are on the hard, hard right would have to acknowledge, aside from somebody who is like crazy, like like literally mentally out of their mind, short of that, no one is going to give up or risk giving up 10 years of their life. This kind of law in all 50 states would settle the issue because no one left, center, right. No one is going to say, yeah, you know what, people who disagree with me, those people that I loathe and detest on the other side of the aisle, yeah, you know what, they're going out in just wholesale numbers and they're committing voter fraud so they can give up 10 years of their life. So yeah, that will totally settle the question. The statute would only impact the tiny, 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 tiny percentage of people that would actually commit voter fraud, and it would leave the hundreds of millions of other voters unmolested, and we wouldn't need to further grow the police state. As I close, do yourself a favor. Run over to DrReality.News. Pick yourself up a copy of Body Size. Pick yourself up a copy of Income Tax Shouting the Mist. As I've been saying repeatedly, you will find them, either one or both, to be the most fascinating books you have ever read. My word to you. A quick word about Income Tax Shattering the Mist. So I don't talk about it often very anymore. I leave it to people to purchase and read the book, and that settles the question. It's been uh, published now for 11 years straight, and... No one has ever reached out to me in 11 years and said they disagree with the conclusions. And as far as the reviews are concerned, no matter where they appear across the internet, they're all five-star, and people say it's one of the best books they've ever read in their lives. What it does is it reveals something, and I think it's really important to understand that. It reveals something, and that something is that Congress has not, let me repeat that, Congress has not imposed the income tax on the average American, gets up in the morning, grabs a cup of coffee, gets the kids off to uh, school, and then heads into the office and does a little work, gets a paycheck at the end of the week. Congress has never imposed the income tax on that, what the law calls the class of person. You've been told they did, but what you'll find in income tax shattering the missile, and it begins in 1895 with a Supreme Court case dealing with income tax, and it takes you step by step in an easy-to-understand manner through the entire progression all the way into the 21st century of what's really been going on with the income tax. And you get to see internal IRS documents where the government tacitly admits it doesn't apply to everybody. But they didn't think decades ago when they wrote those documents that anyone in the public would ever get a copy of them, which I did. When you close the final page of Income Tax Shattering the Mist, you will have all the knowledge you need, if you want to, to say to yourself, wow, <laughs> this thing is a, is a scam, and I don't want to get scammed anymore, so I'm going to start the process of stepping away from the scam. You will have all that knowledge. So do yourself a favor. Go to DrReality.News. Pick yourself up a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Mist and or Body Science. Thanks for being here.